Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. This morning we were talking about the importance of uh, an aspect in faith, specifically our consideration, what we're giving our consideration to when we are operating our faith. And we touched on a few different things. That was the main focus uh, that we were, were aiming for was to have our faith focus on the word as it is written, uh, as he has spoken, that that would be the root or the base or the foundation of our faith and for us to become developed and skilled into giving our focus to that and not being distracted by the circumstance or not allowing what the circumstance is telling us to uh, change the outlook that we have on how this is going to come to pass. Amen? And so we looked at that, and in teaching on that, I touched on one area that I want to give a little bit more of importance to tonight, and that is the importance of patience at work while we are believing for whatever promise it is that we are giving our faith focus to. So I want to talk about the work of patience. And Hebrews chapter 12 is where I'd like to begin, and we'll begin with verse 1. Hebrews 12 and verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So in this we see again the importance of keeping our focus on looking unto Jesus. Uh, But it says in verse 1 that we are to run this race with patience. So that is an indication that it's not a sprint. It's one in which we need to pace ourselves. That we need to set a pace and we need to bring patience into play so that we can maintain our course until the end. He said, let us run with patience. And so... Patience is something that has been misunderstood by many. When we first came to this church, pastor had been preaching for some time on different subjects, and there were a lot of things that in, in the full gospel church, uh, when we took over the church, it wasn't necessarily a faith flow here. It was a full gospel church, and there were a, a few different areas where uh, there were... Um, a religious idea that had been taught or just been understood, but not necessarily scriptural. 
And patience was one of those things. I remember uh, there, there being uh, during, I think it may have been one of the Bible studies that we had, but one of the people said to pastor, we were told, we, we've always believed that we don't pray for patience because if you pray for patience, God's going to put you through all kinds of difficulty to get patience to you. Don't pray for patience. And so here was pastor teaching about the fruit of the Spirit and the importance of developing patience. And they were, they were, patience was something that, ooh, we don't ask for that. We don't want that. But it, how vital it is, we're supposed to use it in our running. We're supposed to employ patience as a working force, something that is active and operative, working in our life so that we can finish correctly. Amen? So if we misunderstand the importance and the working of patience, then it will often be neglected or avoided because we think for God to get patience to me, there's going to be a lot of difficulty involved for me to develop patience. But, you know, the difficulty comes because we're living in this world. We're living in a world that is under the curse. There are things that we are pressing into, things that we're laying hold of, things that we're resisting. So those are the things we need patience for. And they're going to come whether you ask for patience or not. So if you don't have patience, you're missing a vital tool. I mean, that's like trying to make scrambled eggs without a, a spatula. I mean, you need it. Spatula is like the main thing in the kitchen. We got to have the spatula in the kitchen. I use my spatula for everything. I mean, I, we, I, I, can even, I can even get the mashed potatoes out and put them on the plate with the spatula. I mean, I can do all kinds of things with that spatula. And patience is one of those spatula tools. You need that because you, it is one of those things that's going to help you get a hold of and make it through situations that you can't get through any other way. So we, we need to know about patience and we need to know how to put it to work and not be uh, afraid of patience bringing trouble because that is a misunderstanding. That is a misunderstanding. It is a supply that God has given us. When we look in Galatians chapter 5, it's in the list. It's in the list. In the King James, it doesn't use the word, but in the Amplified it does. If you look at Galatians 5.22 in the Amplified, uh, we'll put that on the screen for you. It takes long suffering and translates it as patience. The fruit of the Spirit, the work which His presence within us accomplishes, is love, joy, Gladness, which is, uh, you see there in parentheses, peace, patience. So King James uses the word long-suffering. The same word is translated patience in the Amplified Bible. So patience or long-suffering is provided in the fruit of the Spirit. So it is the characteristic of God Himself. God is patient. He's long-suffering towards us, isn't He? Aren't you glad? That he's not quick to, to, to blow up and get mad and, and say, I'm done with you. And just with a little flick of his finger, you're off the planet, right? I'm so glad he's long-suffering. I'm glad he's patient, patient with me. So patience is something that is provided in the reborn spirit of man. When we are born again, patience is available. Yet patience needs to be developed. The word patience means steadfastness constancy, endurance, 
sustaining, persevering. I'll read those again. Patience is defined as steadfastness. Steadfast. The Bible tells us be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So we need this steadfastness. It also means constancy. Constancy. Husbands and wives will experience a much better marriage when they develop constancy. So that we're not concerned, are you in a bad mood today? Do I need to stay on the other side of the house? Do I need to avoid at all times? Can I need to come home late? Because, you know, up one, you never know how that person is going to be. They need some constancy, right? Constancy. Also, it means endurance. Endurance. And we're going to see that one used in Scripture. Sustaining and persevering are the other two definitions here. Sustaining. So patience is like those um, support beams under the bridge. If you have a long bridge that's going over a, a, a long body of water, a large, a huge body of water, those support beams under the bridge, that's what patience is. It provides an undergirding for your faith. Your faith is the bridge, but you need some support under that bridge so that you can make it to the end, so that in the middle you don't, you don't start sinking and, and lose, lose stability. So that patience is the stability till the end. It's the constancy. It's the endurance. And as I mentioned this morning, there are things that we use our faith for that are going to take time for God. It's not everything. This isn't like a, a, a drive through or a microwave where God can just pop it out and hand it to you out the window and you just don't even have to get out of the car. Just pull through and get your breakthrough, Right? There are some things that are going to take time, some things that may even take years that you're going to need to stay constant in your faith for there to be a completion of your faith where that thing is concerned. And to do that, faith by itself is not going to benefit. You need faith and patience to make it for those situations that require time for the fulfillment of that promise. So when we, we recognize the importance of this, that for us to run the race that is set before us, it's not a sprint, so that I can't just hurry up and get this over with. This is something that I need to pace myself and I need to have patience operative and working in my life. Patience is an active force in the born-again spirit that undergirds your faith and causes you to be constant through the trial. A constant, it is an active force in the born-again spirit which undergirds your faith and causes you to be constant in or through a trial. And that's what we need. We need to be constant. We need to be able to remain the same because one of the keys of making Mark eleven twenty three 23 work is that I do not doubt in my heart. Right? Well, then that means I've got to stay with what I first said. When I make the faith declaration, I've got to maintain that declaration. J. Iris made a faith declaration. And then when they came and said, 
don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. He had the opportunity to waver, to, to let go of his faith and say, don't worry about it, it's too late. But Jesus said, do not fear, only believe. And he had to maintain the faith that he started with and until the end. He had to be constant even when it looked like the situation had changed to a hopeless condition. He had to remain constant. And so this is why we need faith. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 14 says, We are made partakers of Christ, the Anointed One and His anointing. We are made partakers of Him and of His anointing if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. If we hold the beginning of our confidence, that's a word for faith, right? Faith is the confidence. So the beginning of our faith, if we hold our faith steadfast until the end. So it doesn't matter how well, you know, I, I, I've never ran a marathon, but I've taken my husband to the starting line and I've picked him up at the end, okay? And I watched him all the way through. And you know, there are a lot more people at the starting line than actually come across the finish line. Because there are a lot of them who know how to start. But to finish is a whole nother ball game. It's a whole nother place of patience and steadfastness and endurance and constance. constancy. To be able to continue to the end, they have to push through a lot of pain and push through areas where their body says, I can't go anymore and push through. I'm looking around at all the runners. Y'all should just tag me in and tell me how it is, okay? Because I've never ran that far. If I get over five minutes, I'm like, this is too much. Uh, and let's go. We got to walk. And so, but, but I, I did notice at the, there were a lot of people really enthusiastic about starting. But they didn't all come across the finish line. And the ones who did weren't necessarily enthusiastic when they got across. They were just, they were just glad it was over, right? And so we want to not just be starters, of our faith project. We don't want to just, just begin at the finish line, at, at, the, be, at the starting line, but we want to make it across that finish line with our faith projects and with the things that, that we're believing for with God. So holding steadfast unto the end, this requires patience. It's not the intense effort that momentarily burst of fast speed that's going to win the race, it's the endurance. It's the endurance. Because, you know, a lot of people can jump out there in that first couple of miles. They can hit it fast and they can hit it hard and they can be pumping their, 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 their legs just on pure adrenaline. Whoa, I've got this race. And then about 10 miles in, they're like, where did my adrenaline go? I'm not that enthusiastic about this anymore. And all of the temptations to quit and throw in the towel and give up. Well, this is why we need endurance. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. 
says, we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence. Diligence would be a description for endurance, wouldn't it? The same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Diligence unto the end. That's a great way to describe patience. Diligence unto the end. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience... I love how Gloria Copeland, she called faith and patience the power twins. The the power twins. They work together. Faith and patience. It says through faith and patience they inherit the promises. And we are to be followers. So you and I, for us to inherit the promises of God, it's not just faith. It's faith mixed alongside with patience. It's not just faith that's going to help me win the race. It's not just the strength or the, the, the speed, but it's the endurance to make that speed be able to last the whole race. So through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, patiently endured, do you see that? After he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. When we are standing in a faith fight or in a faith, uh, a faith, I don't want to just use the word project because it's not just something that we, we take on like we're, we're rebuilding a car or, you know, making, redecorating a part of our house. But specific faith assignments. When we're standing in those faith assignments, we've, we've got to um, recognize the attack that comes with the temptation to give up. That temptation to, to feel like this is taking too long. Look with me at, at 1 Peter 1 and verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 1 says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, may it be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. One of the biggest trials to faith is time. One of the biggest attacks on your faith assignment or your faith promise that you're believing for is time. Can you stay constant in your faith if it takes time? Can you maintain the same application and the same force of faith, the same level of faith? Can, if, if, you're, if you have to do something and, and let's say, for instance, you're trying to put something together and you put glue on it and you've got to hold that glue at a certain pressure for a certain amount of time and you're like, my hands are tired and I'm ready to, can I just put a book on this and walk away from it, you know, so some, something that will put some pressure on it. No, you've got to hold it. You've got to hold that same amount of pressure 
until the glue dries or you got to hold that same amount of pressure. Well, when you're using faith, you've got to take that force of pressure of that faith and it's got to be able to maintain that same force. You don't want to be putting faith on something and drawing back and putting faith on something and drawing back and every once in a while you just throw a little faith out there and no, for us to move it, we've got to maintain that faith hold on it. To do that... With the, main, with the same faith pressure applied, we're going to need this supernatural force of patience to help us so that it, that will give us the, the faith strength, if you will, to maintain that same force that I haven't let up on it. I haven't weakened my faith where that's concerned. I'm maintaining the same, the same level of application of my faith against that that needs to be applied. Patience is what will help us do that. So he says here that uh, will in the trying of your faith, will it be found unto praise and honor? Will your faith, will you be found still in faith at the end of that difficulty? Will it be found? Will, are you going to maintain that faith? Or somewhere along the way is during that time that that time pressure, are, are you going to cave in or give up or, or just relinquish all of the progress you've made up until that point? No, we want to be like 1 Corinthians 15, 58. We want to be steadfast and immovable. Steadfast and immovable. So go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. That's another, again, that's a faith reference. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience. Don't cast away your confidence during that time trial, that time that's passing by, that's telling you it's not working. It's not working. Why do you think it's not working? Why is that thought coming against you that's saying it's not working? I remember hearing Keith Moore talk about a, a time that he had been standing for a certain uh, situation in his life. And he was just washing his hands, getting ready to go out into a restaurant to eat. He had stepped in to wash his hands and he was sitting there. And what kept coming, he recognized what was attacking his mind was this. It's not working. It's not working. Just give up. It's not working. It's not working. And he said, I suddenly recognized. That's what the enemy keeps saying to me. And it, the Holy Spirit said into, into his spirit, why does he keep telling you it's not working? Because it's working. And that's when he sang the song. The Holy Spirit gave him that song. It's working. It's working. Healing power is working. It's working. It's working. The healing power is working. It's working. It's working. It's working night and day. It's working in my body to drive sickness away. He gave him that song and he started singing that song to build his spirit. It is working. Even when I don't see it, it's working. He's behind the scenes. It's working. It's working because the word is at work, but the enemy comes and says it's not working to try to make you agree with that thought 
and give up your faith pressure and say, well, it must not be working because I don't feel any different or it must not be working because I don't see anything changing and it must not be working. Well, all of those things are not indicators that it's not working. This is my indicator that it's working. It is written, it's working. If I can find it written, it's working for me. It's working despite how I feel. It's working despite what I see. It's working regardless of what the situation is trying to convince me of. I'm not convinced by what I see. I'm not living by sight. I'm living by faith. And faith says if it's written in God's word, it is truth. And it is truth unto me and able to change my circumstance. So it is working. But he said, don't cast away your confidence and the, what you need in, to make sure you don't cast away your confidence, you need patience. That is in the scripture. You have need of patience. And it will help you not to cast away your faith, your confidence. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So patience helps me hold on to my faith. It helps me maintain that faith stand. So it enables me to receive. Notice it says you have need of patience so that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So Hebrews 6 6 says we inherit the promise through patience and faith. And this also says that patience is a necessary companion to faith to help me receive the promise. Do you see that? So when I use the instrument, the spatula of patience, when I use that instrument of patience and I put it to work, that's how I'm going to receive the promise. I've got my faith, but, but there's some time involved here, and I need that undergirding of patience to hold my faith up until the going on comes on. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I want to look at verse 2 through 4. It says, My brethren, count it all joy... When you fall into diverse temptations. Well, that person is definitely not walking by how they feel. Because when we fall into diverse temptations, we may not feel like being happy or joyful. But we're not being joyful because of our feelings. We're being joyful because that's how I stay strong. And so when you fall into diverse temptations, that's when you need to go to maximum joy level. And rejoice. And then it says this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And this is the verse that caused our dear sister uh, to, to think that she could not pray for patience. Because if I pray for patience, the trying of my faith worketh patience. And then it goes on to say, let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So she thought, if, if, if I ask for patience, God's going to put all these trials against my faith. Well, the trials are going to come against your faith just if you're believing for anything. If you're standing for, for the things that God has provided for you, there are going to be oppositions for you receiving just because there's a curse in the earth. There are going to be oppositions just because there's an enemy. Amen? 
And so you're there, the trials are going to come either way. And so we definitely want to have all of the instruments that we can, all of the armament that we are equipped with available and working for us. And it says, when the trying of your faith comes, it's going to put patience to work. That's when you get the patience out of the drawer and you start working with that patience. The, the trying of your faith is when you need to use the instrument of patience. Because faith is working. Faith is doing its part. But now the temptation is to give up on your faith. Do you see? The trying of your faith is when everything is coming and saying, oh, you're just saying that. You're just talking. That faith stuff doesn't work. And you're just, you're just confessing. And well, you want to hear me say it again? Let me, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in my... I'm blessed. You see this blessed woman? I am blessed, blessed, blessed. Oh, you're just saying that. You're not blessed. You're just, it's not working for you. It's working. It's working. The blessing power is working. It is working. It is working. And the enemy wouldn't be fighting me like that, except that he's trying to get me to think it's not working. And if he's trying to convince me it's not working, it's because it is working and it's bothering him that it's working. And the only way he can get it to stop working is to get me to stop applying my faith. And I'm not going to stop applying my faith because I have some patience to undergird my faith. And so it says when you are... When, when you, your faith is under trial, when you're in that position where you're working your faith and it's a difficult situation, patience is the tool to pull out of the drawer and put to work. Let patience have her developing work. Remember how much we've looked at this word perfect? A perfect man, according to Ephesians, is a mature, well-developed. It's not talking about a person without flaw. Is talking about a person who is developed or mature. So patience has a work that helps us develop and helps us to become complete. Let patience have her maturing, developing work so that you may be developed, fully equipped and entire, wanting nothing. Hallelujah. The, the word... Temptation used in verse 2. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. It is the word that is used to describe the victim who was rescued by the Good Samaritan. It says diverse temptations, and that means uh, many faceted troubles. Not just one difficulty, not just one attack. But when you've got an attack here, an attack here, and it's in the finances, and it's in over here, and we've got this going on physically, and we've got, uh, we've got an attack different here, it, it's, it's talking about that. And then when it uses this word temptation to describe the victim who was rescued by the Good Samaritan, it's indicating these problems are trying to wound you and rob you and leave you for dead. They're serious. <laughs> 
They are, there are serious attacks coming against you. And he says, when these kind of things are coming against you, this is the time for you to employ maximum joy. And this is the time for you to put patience to work because your faith shield is going to hold. Your faith is out there. Your faith is working. And if you'll maintain that faith with joy and patience employed with your faith, Not just trying to faith it through, but faithing it through with the joy of the Lord and faithing it through with the patience being a a undergirding, strengthening structure to what your faith is that you can get up and go through your day walking in the victory, whistling while you work and knowing that I've got the victory. It's okay. It's all going to come out because I believe God. Amen. Amen. You can count it all joy based on what you know and put patience to work to be that undergirding, strengthening to your faith. The Weist translation says, faith having been put to the test and having met the test has been approved. This approving process produces a patience which bears up and does not lose heart or courage under trials, but be allowing the aforementioned patience to be having its complete work in order that you may be spiritually mature and complete in every detail, lacking nothing. Have you ever taken a trip with children? (laughs) Have you found out that they are relentless with the question, are we there yet? Are we there yet? You just asked me that five minutes ago. We still have 200 more miles to go. No, we're not there yet. Are we there yet? They have no concept of time. They have no concept of distance. They do not understand. All they know is that they're ready to be out of that car. They're bored in the car. It's been long enough. They're ready for some French fries and McDonald's hamburgers. And Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. Patience, patience keeps you from asking, is this over yet? Is this over yet? Lord, I just want this to be over. Brother Hagen would make this statement, if you're prepared to stand forever, you won't have to stand very long. It's when, when the enemy knows, oh, if I can get them to give up, if, they, if, they are, if they're going to give up, Three weeks into this. If they're going to give up, I'm just going to keep the pressure on until I can get them to give up. But if you make the determination, I don't care how long it takes. I don't care. I don't care the length of time. I'm not. See, if we put a length of time, if we say, well, I'm going to believe until and we put a date on it. Or we say, we, 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 we mark a calendar date on when we need this to be done by, then the enemy's got something to work on. Oh, I've got 30 days to work on them. And at the end of that 30 days, when it doesn't come to pass, they'll give up. But if we just take the date off of it, if we take the time stamp off of it and say, you know what, it doesn't matter what the time is, I believe God. I believe God regardless of time. I believe God, regardless if it passes a certain uh, a cutoff date, I receive, I, I receive the end of my faith. I'm holding on to what God said. If we'll do that, 
then we remove that uh, area from the enemy to beat our head with that timestamp. And that endurance is able to come to the situation and enable us to continue. Remember, constancy, enduring, enduring. That's what we want. We want to, to develop that ability in the enduring. In this same chapter, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own desires, his own cravings, and enticed. Then when these desires, these cravings have conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning." So he says, blessed is the man that endures temptation. And then he tells how the enemy works with those temptations. Pressure against those cravings. Pressure against those desires. When these, these difficulties, we're, we're looking at this from the aspect of difficulties. It says when you fall into diverse temptations, things that come to rob you, things that come to wound you, things that come to leave you for dead. Blessed is the man that endures those temptations, those difficulties, those things that are coming against your life. Endure them. He doesn't mean put up with them. He doesn't mean permit them. He doesn't mean, okay, well, I just, just drop all my defenses and let it happen and que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about enduring in a stand of faith, that I have taken a faith stand and this is not going to have its operation in my life and the curse is not going to come into my family, not going to come into my finances, not going to attack my body and I'm going to take my stand and I'm going to endure and I'm going to endure winning. I'm going to endure in victory. Not enduring and putting up with the pain. Not enduring and putting up with the sickness. Not, not allowing it to have its way. But I'm enduring in faith, in the word, resisting. Remember it says when we, with patience, will receive the promise. Right? So faith and patience work together to help me receive the promise. And when I'm under attack, when I'm in a difficult situation, I've got to use spiritual weapons. This is not the time to revert back to the emotions, to revert back to the mind. This is the time I need spiritual weapons because it's a spiritual onslaught that requires spiritual resistance. And for me to resist with the spirit, I've got to use the spiritual weapons of joy, of peace, of patience, of faith, because those are what God has already, faith is the victory that's already overcome the world, and He gave us His faith that's already wrought the victory to, for us to maintain the victory. 
The peace of God passes all understanding and guards the heart and the mind. The patience undergirds and equips us in our faith endeavors to be able to receive and obtain the promises. These are all spiritual workings and they're different. They're not hard. They're different. They work different. And often, especially when we're in a difficulty, we want to go back to what what we what what we can feel well i would just feel better if i was doing more you know some people worry just because they feel guilty if they're not worrying about it well if i really love you i'm going to worry if i love them and that's why i'm worried about it that's not spiritual and it's not helping what of you with can with with any ounce of worry with any thought of worry can can change any situation Jesus said you can't even make yourself grow an inch with worry. You surely can't change the situation that person is going through. But do you see how that's a practiced, previous experience, response to a difficult situation? I'm just going to worry about it. Well, aren't you worried about them? We've got to retrain because we're in a spiritual. We want spiritual progress. So I'm going to have to use spiritual weapons. No, I'm not worried. I'm rejoicing. How can you be rejoicing when you should be worried sick about them? I'm not going to help anybody worrying about them, but if I'll rejoice, I'll be strong for them. If I'll rejoice that God's going to change the situation, if I'll be in peace, then I'm going to be protected. It's going to, the peace of God is going to protect. Well, well, how can you be at peace in a time like this? How can I not? How can I give up my peace, especially now? when I need it more than ever. Do you see that? Do you see the switch? We've got to say, okay, if, if, if this is going on, what's my spiritual response? Patience is a spiritual tool, a spiritual force, and we've got to learn how to work it. We've got to learn how to, to bring it out of the drawer and work with it so that we've got the endurance so that we've got the finishing power. So that we've got the constancy. So that we can be maintaining a same application of faith to that situation. Not withdrawing. Not up and down. Not in and out. Not weak one day and, and trying to be strong the next. But we're just the same. Just the same. Just the same. Victorious every day. Just the same. Just even tempered. That was the way that the Amplified described that word long-suffering. It said patience or even-tempered. That's, that's talking about your temperament. Well, because we're spiritual, we, faith is an even-temperament. I'm not built to doubt. You're not built to doubt. Not now. Not, not when you're born again. You, your design is no longer a doubt design. You are not a doubter. You're a believer. Believing is what you do best. I mean, that's what's natural to you. Believe in God. Taking God at His word. It's not hard for you. It's your nature. You are a believer. Born by the word of God. I mean, if you can do anything, it's belief. Just because of your design. Hallelujah. Well, in the same way, Patience is part of your new design. That's part of the design. You, you are not designed 
to be a roller coaster person. You're not designed to be riding that roller coaster all of your life. Emotional people ride the roller coaster. I'm not talking about the world's fun roller coaster. I'm talking about that life roller coaster. It's emotions that take us up and down on that. It's letting the emotions tell us who we are and what we're feeling and what we're going to do and how we're going to go. They're not my guide anymore. They're not my safe supply of information anymore. I don't go to my emotions to find out how I'm doing today. I used to, but before Christ. After Christ, I'm not designed to go to my emotions to determine how my life is going to be today. I go to the Spirit the born-again me on the inside, and I find out I've got joy because Jesus is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and my name is still written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I have, have every reason to be joyful and peaceful today because God is still my rescue, my help, my ever-present help in time of trouble. He's my refuge. Amen? So because we're living out of our spirit being uh, uh, led by the Holy Spirit and trained by the Holy Spirit to live a spiritual life of victory, we're going to have to use these flows. And we're going to have to be skilled in them. You should make peace a priority. You should make patience something that you you, uh, endeavor to be skilled with. So that if you see yourself being unstable, if you see yourself being inconstant or in and out and up and down, that you say, wait a minute, I'm going to pull my patience out. With faith and patience, I inherit the promises. Hallelujah. Because you have it. You don't, God doesn't even have to give it to you. You already have it. If you're born again, you have patience now. You, you are equipped with patience. You may not have pulled it out of the drawer in a while, You may not have been using it in a while, but it's there. If you'll pull it out, you can put it to work. And so the enduring is the difference in the stony ground that Jesus referred to in the parable of the sower. They had no endurance, remember? It says they endured for just a little while. At first they heard the word and they were excited about the word. But they had no root in themselves and so they endured for just a little while. They didn't have an endurance that maintained the word so that the word could reach a fruition. So the word could develop completely in their life and bring a harvest of that word. They were offended. Stony ground, offended. They were offended at the word. And that's exactly what happens when people fail the test of time. When the time comes and they say, well, I guess it didn't happen because I don't have it yet. What are they looking at? They're not looking at the word to get that report. They're looking at something they can see. They're looking at something in the natural. They're not holding fast to the word to say, whether I see it or not, I believe I have it. I believe I received it when I prayed. I'm not waiting to get it. I have it now. I'm not waiting for it to happen. I've already received it. I've received it. 
It's mine now. I ordered the pizza. The pizza's in the oven. It's my pizza. I paid for that pizza. Well, you don't see any pizza. I don't care if I see it or not. That's my pizza. I ordered those shoes at Dillard's, took my money, paid for it with the credit card. Those shoes are not in my possession. They're on a truck somewhere, but they're mine. They got my name on them. They belong to me. They are no longer the property of Dillard's. They are the property of Michelle Steele. Why? Because there was a faith transaction. There was a financial transaction that brought them into my possession. And when I believe that I receive when I pray, a faith transaction takes it from the possession of where it was and brings it into my possession. Even if it's in the pizza oven or on a delivery truck, it's mine. It's mine. But if a person fails the, te- the, te- the test of time and says, I don't, I'm so hungry and I don't see my pizza, I'm going to call over at the other place and order a pizza. They're going to they're gonna have pizzas all over the place. <laughs> well, I, I don't see it yet. That's not the determining factor that you don't see it yet. Do you see why we need that undergirding? I have patience. Just go ahead and get the paper plates out. Because we're not going to bring pizza and have to be washing dishes. We're going to order pizza. We're doing paper plates. We're going to be washing no dishes if I'm ordering pizza. Get the paper plates out. Get the napkins because it'll be here. I have, I have confidence and patience. It will come. They're coming. They're coming. I mean, now you got the app. And it shows what street they're on. It's, it's left the oven. You know, you have to have that Papa John's app. And it's left the oven. And they've got it in the box. And now they've left the... And you get all these... Ooh, they're, they're two blocks away. Go ahead and stand at the door, kids. But the patience has been at work, doing its work. Amen? Praise God. Stand with me to your feet.